0: afternoon and welcome to our podcast. I'm glad to receive today one Ruiz who is a Jesuit from the U.S. Southern Province who is currently in theology at Regis College Toronto. Today one and I we are going to talk about children and youth ministry in our church. So children and youth ministry is a priority for the church and the society of Jesus because youth is a time for fundamental decisions and the beginning of fulfilling their dreams. So as we know, Today, youth are facing enormous challenges, and one of those is the presence in the digital world. In this case, the church asks them to go against the tide and to give witness to the Christian faith. So today, one will touch those issues based on his experience of ministry with
1: youth. So one, how are you doing today? Great, Frankie. Thank you for inviting me. I'm actually really excited to be able to participate in a conversation on this. It's something near and dear and important to me. I mean, something I've been working in recently.
0: Okay, so welcome. So let's begin with your experience of ministry with youth like as a Jesuit. So as a Jesuit, have you done any apostolate with youth? What did you learn, and what are the
1: main issues regarding children and youth ministry today? So I've got a variety of experiences uh, with youth in ministry. Most recently, I taught high school for three years in the southern U.S., uh, in Houston, Texas as a Spanish teacher, campus minister a little bit, and then also uh, accompanying youth with uh, starting a video club, which so is- So you had
0: a lot of experiences. A good amount,
1: a good amount. And actually, it's this is a, I, I love this idea of connecting it with how youth, what is the story, and this is something I was working on recently, but what's this? how do we help youth tell a story in the world that reflects the light of Christ in the world okay. and it helps them be true to themselves too? And what did you learn is like, about those challenging with? So th- apart from, and I'm, gonna, and I'm gonna answer that, apart from the high school ministry, I also worked as a uh, middle school religion teacher before that, okay. for a few years before that. Okay. And I mentioned that because one of the things that I've found most helpful to ministry with youth is that just like when you're working with any person, it's really important to meet them where they are. Exactly. And being very real to who, to their experience so far, Because even in high school and even as young as the middle school, youth were pretty aware of some of the challenges in the world. Exactly. I've had youth who, I mean, there's a variety of stories, I suppose, but youth who have come to me and said, uh, why is it so often that adults will tell me or show by what they do? They'll say, basically, do as I say, but not as I do. Okay. Uh, I think that that creates a lot of difficulties and challenges for youth, and we have to meet them where they are. They see the world as it is and are also coming and discovering it. yeah the first thing, the first starting point is meeting them where they are, okay uh, which is again coming clearly coming through uh, the best conversations I had with youth while I was a middle school teacher uh, was asking them how are their families and here are actual hard issues. I mean we actually even talked about things as serious during confirmation prep. and uh, what why it's so difficult like as adults to meet them where they are? You why know it's I, so challenging for us. That's a great question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that people are that different. The truths of the Bible from 2000, starting with a 2000 year ago history, okay. the truths that we come across are true to people no matter today, just as they were then. And when you read the Bible, the stories you come across, it's amazing how similar people were back then as they are now. Okay. I don't think youth today are different from youth when we were young, mm-hmm. but the context in is different okay. and the things that they're grappling with are different. Uh, and it's hard sometimes to relate or to understand right. the experience of a bully at school that physically could be a bully versus a cyber bully that you can't identify and you don't know who it is. Yeah. That's different. And we have to do some listening to understand what's happening, even to learn about what they're actually dealing with and what kids are hearing from each other. You have to listen to them. And there are, there's differences. There's differences because of uh, technology, as you were just talking about. Okay. So,
0: uh, great. Would you like to talk a little bit about the presence of youth in the electronic world? And how could they be true disciples of Jesus Christ in that electronic world?
1: So, I uh, I think that youth are aware, and I say youth, I'm going to say uh, specifically Young men and women. Okay. Because uh, I think it's best in a sense. I found it really effective when exactly. I would talk to them as yeah. you are young adults. Exactly. Even, even yeah. when I was talking to the 14, 15 year olds, and they would kind of stand a little taller and take it a little more seriously. Right. Yeah. Let me mention something that I did for fun on my own personal yeah. time. Before yeah. I became a Jesuit, uh, mm-hmm. I would play video games online oftentimes. And there was oh. this one game that I would play online, mm-hmm. and guys would trash talk a lot in this game. Yeah. And it really got on my nerves. Yeah. Uh, so finally, after a little while, and this may after a little while I adopted a new strategy okay when guys would trash talk after they were doing much better than me and I just think I invested less time and wasn't gonna beat them Mm -hmm. I would start complimenting people yeah and complimenting how well they were doing and funny enough is what people would start doing is start giving me tips and advice and saying like being really humble actually and saying oh I'm actually not that good and this that, and the other I say that in the sense of if we're thinking about how youth can be Christ christ-like disciples in the media world yeah then we need to think about kind of help them think about what's the story in a think of it as an instagram or a facebook or a snapchat what's the story that they want the people to see when they look through their feed exactly um which means helping them think about like what do you want to post and what image do you want to give of yourself right um everybody reasonably youth especially are in this crazy space where they want to be recognized, they want to be known as individuals, but they also get overwhelmed when they actually get a lot of attention, oftentimes. Uh, And helping them know and tell a consistent story through their, again, through their media uh, would be, is a place to start working with them and help them think about that as like, you're telling a story to the world and what's the story you want to tell? Um, And then helping them reflect on what's the story they are telling so,
0: and then what importance does Catholic media have in this sense like certain light
1: okay. oh the, the voice of Catholic media so one I can say from experience that they a lot of the kids consume a ton of content, mm-hmm. uh, both through YouTube, through Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, Facebook, not as much in the experience that I had with high school, yeah. uh, and then Snapchat stories at all. Having Catholic media available yeah. and through those mediums, even if it's especially actually if it's snap if it's small bits like yeah. those tweets, mm-hmm. uh, it gives them something. Even if they're not retweeting it, they're seeing it, and okay. it's part of what they're consuming and helping to form and see a different way of the world. There's some really cool feeds. I've seen like Catholic Sistas, I think, is one of the ones on Twitter that's really engaging and has cool images and then funny kind of jokes, but also communicating gospel truths oftentimes. Um, Those kinds of feeds and even anything like Salt and Light's putting out, it's helpful for youth to have access to something like that and it's really meaningful uh, for people to be creating that content because it shows that we care.
0: Right, okay. So some people talk about a renewal of children and youth ministry today. So for them, this is in line with the logic of the new evangelization, which is a transition from the traditional way of proceeding to a new way of doing things, So which requires creativity, love, where youth would be able to express themselves in an environment that facilitates growth and self-awareness. What is your opinion about that? It's like a, a, a change from... The traditional way to a new way of proceeding. Tell me a little more. Keep it, tell me a little. Uh, go back. I want to unpack a little bit the. It's like the a places. so because sometimes in our ministry with youth, we, we we use sometimes some traditional way that that they, that don't fit to the reality. Mm-hmm. So we don't try to adapt to the to understand them, as you said, like to encounter them in the reality and the own world. So how can we do a renewal
1: of Youth and children ministry today. Uh, the most effective thing I could imagine is, in a sense, leveraging, if we're going to use a finance term, uh, the youth themselves to help us carry it out. And that's asking okay. them to help us understand what they, what it is they want to see and hear, and how we can help them to, uh, I should say, evangelize on their own. Yeah, we have. Um, I I was I came up with a project uh, to help youth think differently and to think about the way they use media. I came up with this project at one point where we would go through a Bible story. It was in the U.S. Mm. This is, in, this is, in, this is uh, something that I designed for a U.S. context. Thinking okay. specifically, this would be specifically with like a parish setting. Okay. And it required, the background of this is that I have listened and been with youth enough that I have a sense for how they use it. I also have a sibling that's young enough that they're using Snapchat, and I get a sense for like, okay, I see how he uses that. I had this idea that I think actually is a really fun project for kids, but to take uh, a group of, it could be six kids, it could be a a dozen or 15, uh, but having them read a gospel story or any story from the Bible, but especially a gospel story, and then... Pretend that they were snapchatting about that story from different points of view so one group of three would do it from the point of view of the Pharisees another group of three would do it from the point of view of the Apostles another Mm -hmm. one would be doing it as if they were Jesus and then each point of view at the end would be presented to the group and discussed about and it's partly about what story do you tell the world when you see something um, and how do you perceive the world uh, and then helping them hopefully think about how they go and how they engage with and what kind of stuff they post when they see something happen okay um yeah there's some so yeah.
0: there's a lot of things we can do with them so that we can try to be creative in our and uh, our teaching and the way we accompany them. so what is the role of family
1: in the process of renewal in your ministry? This is really challenging and difficult, I think, and it's going back to what I said at the beginning about really listening to them where they are okay. um I think as parents so parents uh, should do the same, yeah, okay, and that's really hard, and I understand that's very hard, uh, especially when you're encountering, and I know this, I encountered youth and I'm like, you're struggling with something I struggled with. I've worked through this, yeah. but I can't give you the, I can't just give you the answer I've got. I can help guide you. I can accompany you. Okay. Um, but we're not able to skip to just giving them the answer always. Uh, absolutely. We need to form and be intentional about forming youth with good moral values. But when they're struggling with something, when I taught middle school religion, if a youth said, if one of the kids in the class says, I don't believe in God, or I don't know what I believe about God. Okay. Um, I took that seriously and worked from that. Exactly. Um, I had to respond with listening like, okay, where's that coming from? What is, why do you bring that up? That's a really interesting thought. I think that's really important. What do you, what do you wanna, can you share with me a little more about that? Exactly. Um, the family, I think, has to, we've gotta listen. And that's really, that's really hard, because we care so much, uh, especially about youth in our own families, in our own homes. Right. Um, taking a, a patient stance of, as, as I heard it put once, I think is very good seeking to understand before being understood. Because um, I think at the end of the day, the gospel is truth. And if what the gospel teaches is true, That's we're gonna okay. end up in the same place. Right. If we engage in an honest pursuit of truth uh, together, we'll all end up in the same place. We're gonna end up where the gospel is.
0: Okay. So uh, the accompaniment of youth people, is, of young people, is part of the four universal apostolic preferences of the Society of Jesus. And what does that mean, and how could
1: the Society of Jesus participate in this renewal of youth ministry? Uh, so the Society of Jesus is missionary in character, exactly. and, I th- and I think we need to embrace that deeply and allow ourselves to be creatively led. Uh, we've got the benefit and the blessing of having already a lot of institutions engaged with working youth, in the United States, theres I mean, I believe there's about 56 high schools. There's okay. almost 30 universities. Um, and those are helpful in good institutions and spaces. But we're a missionary order. We don't need to be thinking in only those institutional terms. In Latin America, I know the Fe y Alegría schools, there's a really huge network of over 2,000 schools. Again, those are engaging with youth. But as a missionary order, I think it's also important that we open ourselves to think creatively about how we... Um, engage with youth to share with them the most important and valuable thing we have, uh, which is the story—the story of Christ and what that means for us and for our world. Okay. Uh, there's, if we can somehow, there's no limit to the mission territory, I suppose, and that includes digital media okay. uh, as a new territory in a sense, uh, one that isn't that new. Youth have been youth and youth and young people and people even our age. I mean, Facebook was big 15 years ago it was exciting but now it's something that you find older generations on so engaging with younger and newer media too
0: okay yeah and as you said is like i the society is like especially in the US is very involved in youth ministry especially to our uh, to academic training in the high schools and colleges so do you think that the formation of youth is first and foremost a mission of the church or of the entities of society such as school, family, and church?
1: This is first and foremost the mission of the church or for like everybody? Uh, formation of youth is something that has to be taken on by everyone. I mean, every, and I, and I think that, it, I mean, society, I would hope would, I, would reflect, again, gospel, believing that gospel and Catholicism is truth, then I would hope society reflects truth and true moral values in what it puts forward. Um, it's a super important mission for the Catholic Church to be engaged in, uh, in in concert with, uh, in cooperation with society as well. Um, in the U.S. context, for example, it's, we have Catholic private education isn't always as available because it financially costs money for the, U- in the U.S. system. Uh, parents have to pay tuition for their child to attend a Catholic school at most Catholic schools. There are some that are accessible outside okay. of that. So it's. Helpful and important, I think, to be working too in concert with uh, society and culture in general um, and engaging with it in a way that we can try to reach and inform youth because it's not, you can't always reach everyone through a Catholic school itself in particular.
0: So in addition to school and, and to high school and colleges, you are very involved in parishes in the U.S.
1: Mm-hmm. And you, with youth ministry, what kind of I, activities so I, you have? So I haven't done as much with youth ministry and parish work, however, some of the projects that I'm aware of and some of the interesting thing I've seen. So I was at a parish this last summer in El Paso, Texas, where we have a ton of the migrant, the hot button migrant issues in the U.S. have been taking place there. And one of the most exciting programs that I saw was this thing called the Encuentro Project. Okay. And uh, In the U.S.? This is in the U.S., uh-huh. and it's, with, it's connected to a parish in El Paso, Texas, Sacred Heart Parish in El Paso. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's ongoing now, but what they would do is they would basically invite down school. Mostly it was high school students. It would be on a mission trip, so maybe a dozen would come down at a time. Okay. And uh, they would spend time getting to know the different migrant centers and what it's like for migrants that are crossing the border into the United States. Okay. But in terms of connecting with youth, apart from youth who are the ones going through the program, one of the pieces of this is that youth from the parish in El Paso who had grown up in a context where they would oftentimes be in Mexico and in the United States and on any given week okay. um, and had family on both sides, youth would talk with youth about their experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: uh, And that was, that was a way of, through the parish, connecting, again, youth with each other and helping to share uh, what I think is a meaningful message about what the actual reality is. Um, for people that were on the border.
0: Yeah. So I live in the Dominican Republic for 4 years and I did some work with youth in Haiti. So I think the context is very important in working mm. with youth. What do you think about what, what the role of context
1: in ministry with youth? Uh so, so again with the with this idea of uh, being sensitive to Uh, The particular circumstances of who you're working with. Uh, When I worked uh, with the youth at a middle school in Chicago, it was a community that um, typically had been, it was in an area that was formerly very dangerous, had a lot of gang activity, and it had become a little safer and was gentrifying when I was there. okay. Uh, However, part of the context and the reality of the youth that I had and that I was teaching religion to um, is that they had been exposed to that kind of violence. Um, They had been exposed to some of the the harsh realities of that kind of a life, and so when we would talk, we would bring up social justice in the Catholic context. Okay. Youth had experience with either family or people they knew of that had gone to prison that they had known, okay. uh, and it gave us, um, it gave us context to then talk about. Okay, so that's your reality, and that's where they that's where they were what they were interested in had concrete experience with. Mm-hmm. From there, we could then talk about what does the gospel say for a situation like that, or what's okay. relevant to that kind of a situation. Okay, so it's the. I mean, you've got to come in again. It's kind of coming in through their door, as Ignatius says. Okay. Um, and context sets, sets a lot of the boundaries and conditions for where that encounter happens between us and youth.
0: So as a youth minister, you better know the context before working with them. Yeah, and they'll tell you. You just got to listen. They'll tell you. They, people want to share. Exactly. So because context changes everything. Just going to ask. Yeah. So any final thoughts about...
1: Children and youth ministry? I think that uh, when it comes to youth ministry, I think it's really important for all the listening that I've said that we're also sure of our own values and living out our values as best we can in our own lives. Okay. Uh, youth are extremely sensitive um, to things that are potentially hypocritical and I, they tested me a lot when I was a teacher in high school to see if I was as patient as I preached. So you learn
0: a lot from them too? Oh yeah. You didn't oh, yeah.
1: just go to teach them but it's like a school no, for they, you too? No, yeah. I taught them Spanish and they taught me about humanity. Yeah. Um, and that's amazing. And... and uh they tested me a ton, and sometimes I failed, sometimes I lost my tempers, a lot of times I was very patient, okay. um, and I know that it was effective because they would, they would tell me after an extended period of time, there were kids that would share with me, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Ruiz, you are so patient, it's almost so weird. So, patient, deep listening, love, all those, very important to work with you. Yeah, the, the first message that people get is ourselves. Right. Exactly. The first message that people receive is ourselves. And so if we want them to be a certain kind of person, they've got to see us being that kind of person successfully in the world of today. Right. If I that makes sense. And that is very important for them. Yeah. We don't have to be perfect.
0: Yeah. But working towards okay. being good. Yeah. Great. So thank you, one Ruiz, for participating in our show. And thank you all for listening. In the next episode, we will talk about the importance of women's ministry in our church. And stay tuned for the next episode and may God bless you all. Bye-bye.